Online. Welcome to Catholic View. I'm Shayla Pitch. Thank you so much for joining me this Thursday evening. As you may know by now, every Thursday we bring you our woman feature. Welcome back to our woman feature. Our guest today doesn't necessarily need introduction. Her name speaks for herself. We're talking about Me Letta Mbulu. Women on the African continent are generally treated as second-class citizens. They do not enjoy the same positions as men. We say to girls, you can have ambition, but not too much. You should aim to be successful, but not too successful. Otherwise, you will threaten the man. Some men refuse to invest in the education of their daughters because they say they will soon get married. Because I am female, I am expected to aspire to marriage. I am expected to make my life choices, always keeping in mind that marriage is the most important. But why do we teach girls to aspire to marriage and we don't teach boys the same? We raise girls to see each other as competitors, not for jobs or for accomplishments, which I think can be a good thing, but for the attention of men. Feminist, a person who believes in the social, political and economic equality of the sexes. Women on the Forefront, a program dedicated to women who are making a difference. Thank you so much for joining us on Radio Veritas. And of course, talking to you brings so many memories about the South Africa that we are living today and mm -hmm. memories of the past. There are so many things that one wants to talk to you about. But I think let's talk about music, the impact of your music in our South African community. When and how did you discover that you had this gift? Uh, woo. Uh, boy, that's a long time ago. Uh, I think I, I discovered at the age of 13. Uh, and I didn't discover myself. I didn't know I had the talent until I was told by uh, a beautiful gentleman by the name of James Mabena. And he was passing by as we were singing with my friends in the street, you know. Um, and then he just pointed out and said, you have a very good voice and uh, I'd like to meet your parents. You know, and I just ignored him, like, okay, one of those people, you know, because I didn't believe I had any talent, you know. Um, then he, he insisted that he would like to pass by my home the following day and talk to my mom. And I said, fine. And, of course, he, as he promised, he did. Then talked to my mom, and um, my mother was quite adamant. He said, no, I don't want my child to be going around and working and, you know, she, she's young and she's still in school. And I just don't think it's a good idea. And then he, 
you know, this man persuaded my mom, and my mother started to ask questions like, okay, personal questions, like, whose child are you? Um, and this guy said, well, you know, I live uh, two, you know, seven blocks from here, and I'm a son of Reverend uh, Mabena. And my mother said, oh, yes, I know your family, I know your mom, you do come from a very good family. Uh, but I'm still not happy with this idea of taking my daughter to go and join your four boys that you want, you know, you want my daughter to work with. And uh, he said, well, you know, I, I promise I'll take care of her. I have these boys, I'm training them and they're good, but you just need a good boy like this one, but, you know, to, to, to uh, you know, complement the, the, the group. Uh, so my mom said, well, as long as you promise that you will make sure that he's in school and he's after school, he does their chores, and then when he's done, she's done with that, then she can go to your practice at Donaldson, you know, deals. And that's really how it happened. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. you know, that's how I was discovered. Interesting, interesting story. At such a young age, you already knew where your passion was. Mm. Talk to us about the period that you had to actually leave your home and live abroad. How was it like for you? I'm sure it was a, a wonderful experience at the end of the day as you got to work with so many legends um, outside South Africa. You got to experience a whole different world when it comes to the mm-hmm. musical industry. But what was it like really as a South African knowing that I have to leave my home because of the mm-hmm. situation that we are in? Yeah, well, actually, when I left, and yes, I was very much aware of what was going on politically in this country because we used to discuss it as artists, you know, because we used to get very trapped in that whole thing, especially if we performed at night, we'd have to have night specials and all that, 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 that kind of crap. Um, so we understood, and I understood what was going on. But the reason why I actually left this country was because Kaifas, my husband, was already in the United States. And he was with a group called Sponono, and they were on Broadway for three months. And then when they closed, uh, the show closed, he decided that I should follow, you know. And then, of course, I did, <laughs> like a good wife. Uh, but when I got to America, I was very unhappy. And I, I'm being very honest with you. I was very unhappy because, first of all, when I landed at the airport, and Ms. Makeba was there with Masikis and Masikela, Kaifas was there, of course, with another gentleman who became the president of Zambia. He was a student at the time in, 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 at the Columbia University. They came to pick me up at the airport. And when I got off, of course, there was a car, and I was excited to see Ms. Makeba and Huey, and it was really wonderful, because my husband. So we got into the car, and we drove to New York. And it was winter in December. There was snow everywhere. And I was kind of, you know, because I don't like cold weather. I was like, well, okay, this is New York, fine. And we were driving, and I was looking at these buildings that were very dingy. (laughs) And I said, this is New York? And and I, I was saying this to myself, you know. And we drove and drove and drove. Then finally I broke down because I was beginning to feel very, very uneasy. I said, tell me, when are we getting to New York? Because, you see, you have these pictures in your mind about New York. New York is a great country. Uh-huh. It's very with the streets paved with gold and, you know. <laughs> I, mean, I saw none of that. <laughs> I was like, okay. You know, so 
so when I asked the question, everybody laughed at me, you know. And I said, what's so funny? They said, you're already in, in New, New York. York. I said, okay. <laughs> so we went to Miss McGavis apartment. Of course, the apartment was pleasant. It was warm and all that. And I tell you, I got depressed after that. Totally depressed. Because I realized that the Christmas year, they had a tree in the house, decorated trees. And, you know, I'm coming from Soweto, you know, where Christmas is like, oh, we're all outside and we're dead. <laughs> and yeah. I said, no, uh-uh. This is very depressing to me. There's no, you can't go outside. You know, that was my experience. Yeah. And it lasted for a while. And, you know, I was mama's girl. I really miss my mom. Oh. And uh, I just like, yeah, okay. And it took a long time for my husband to convince me to stay, you know. Mm. And, of course, I did. And when start, things started to happen, you know, and I got this McKeever, we started to work, and I was at the village, that was my first opening. And, you know, and there were a lot of artists that I met, you know, things started to happen. And, of course, I was excited. But at the same time, um, I learned a lot in America. I realized that America was not such a fabulous place. Because there, 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 there was a movement, you know, of black people, African people who were saying, you know, like, we need freedom in America. There was a Martin Luther King. There was a Mar- Malcolm X. And I realized I was in the same country. I hadn't moved at all, you know. But that helped me to learn, you know, to learn. And I realized that I have a duty to do here. You know, uh, it's not it's not going to be pop and place. I... I come from a situation that is exactly like this one, and I need to tell my story. And that's really helpful. Hmm. Interesting to see that we're still in the same boat even today when it comes yeah. to the two countries. But now okay. let's talk about family, family life. <laughs> you, you have been able to hold on to that marriage, something that in our society today, it's very seldom. We have a lot of broken families. And mm-hmm. as a result, we have all, all the societal ills that we see surrounding young people, young people being raised by single parents, not having the mm-hmm. adequate role models to look up to. We see the increase of femicide, what we now call femicide. Um, mm-hmm. there's, there's just so many things going on. But as a couple, as a mother, as a wife, as a friend, as a sister, how did you manage to stay together, seeing that the two of you are in the mu- music industry? Let's put, put it mm. this way, in the entertainment mm. industry. And you've been right. able to hold it firm all these years. What are your words to young couples, to existing couples, to family life? Ooh. You know, I always say to people, you know, if I had a a formula, I would have been a billionaire. I would have bought it and packaged it and sold it. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's really not that at all. It's not like that. Um, I think I'm one of those lucky people. Let me put it that way. Lucky people. But I also have certain rules, both of us. Um, you know, it's also about understanding and faith. And, 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 and understanding that both of us, we have our own gray areas, you know, and, we, and, and, and tolerance. And because we're human, you know, we, 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 we do make mistakes sometimes. And we also have to have that, that thing of forgiving, you know. Um, 
so we, we, we practice those things among ourselves. Um, and of course, we, we care about each other. We care about each other deeply. And I think that is pivotal. Um, but else also, in the business that we're in, you're right, it's quite rough. Um, but you have to separate. Um, because both of us, we got into the business knowing that this one is an artist and I'm an artist. And we respect that completely. And we, we put rules that, you know, um, when we are doing music together, we have to understand that we are not men and wife that ceases to the issue. Um, you become that artist, I become that artist, and we look at each other as both two artists working together. Because if we start looking at each other as men and wives, we're going to fight. Because you're going to want to treat me like you treat me in the house, and I'm not that. I'm an artist. I, I, I can criticize you because sometimes you come up with something I don't like, but I'm talking to you as an artist, not as you want. And he says, okay, I understand that. And sometimes he, he, he would reprimand me when I do something wrong when I'm doing a particular song. And uh, I shouldn't look at him as my husband, reprimanding me, but he's yeah. an artist. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Exactly. And that's how we've been able to survive. Yeah. You know, we've been able to survive. Otherwise, it would have been chaotic. Mm. You know, because most artists come in with, oh, okay, I am an artist. You know, my husband doesn't understand. Da, 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 da. If you're together, you are both artists. Make sure that you respect one another in whatever thing you do as artists. If you miss that, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna get into trouble. So you have to separate the two. Husband, wife, artists, both us, both of us are artists. Let's respect that. This in a different way. No, beautiful and stuff. It has worked. It has worked. <laughs> it has worked. It has worked. It has worked yeah. very well, I must say. And when we look Thank at you, when I look at you, I see this very strong woman who's outspoken, who's not afraid to speak her mind, and yet you are able to stay in this relationship and I think that's what relationships should be about you know two people exactly. that come together but allow each other to voice out their opinions exactly 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 we have to give each other space because without that you know we're going to suffocate you know we've got to give each other space. it's important and now speaking of uh, being a couple in the music industry, in the entertainment industry, we know that you will be performing on the 1st of September at the Moritele mm -hmm. Park Tribute Concert. But are you planning to do a new album together? Are we going to see a new album from the two of you anytime soon? You know what? We, it's, we've really been trying. Actually, we thought by now we will have our album out. But there's so much bureaucracy going on with the company that we're working with. You know, they, I don't know what's going on. Um, I don't want to get into that, but it's, it's just, there's too much bureaucracy. Um, and we're becoming quite impatient with them now. Um, but hopefully, by the end of December, we will have something. We're just hoping that we will have something. Oh, and they've been frustrating us, and we started this thing at the beginning of this year. Mm. We hope that there'll be an album out. And, and the material is there, uh, but it's, I just don't know what's going on with it. You know, we don't know what's going on. 
And you know, when I talk to you, the one song that comes to mind is one of the songs that we play quite often here on Radio Veritas, and that's Not Yet Uhuru. And I remember this song coming up just before elections, the first democratic elections here in South Africa. How do you see South Africa today after plus more than 20 years of democracy? How do you see it today? Is that song still relevant? Well, you know, it, it's yes, there are changes that have, have happened, you know, um, but they haven't happened for everybody, meaning that the song is still relevant to those people who are still living, living the same way, the kind of life that is quite uh, miserable. Um, so I don't want to, to let those people think we've forgotten about them. Uh, so I always remind myself that we are not yet there. We need to make sure that everybody, you know, um, is is comfortable, you know, uh, lives in a space that, you know, uh, they feel good about. And if they have a plate of food on the table, if their children are going to good schools. And, and that, that's my dream, you know. I would like to see that. So the song to me is quite relevant until those issues are taken care of. So uh, unfortunately... I sing what I see, and I have to talk about it. And uh, as an artist, I, it's my responsibility uh, because I have an audience. Uh, I've been blessed with an audience that by by the Almighty, and I want to take advantage because He didn't put me here by mistake. I don't think uh, He put me here to tell the truth, and that's the kind that's the kind of truth I want to deal with, um, and, and because of the platform that has been given to me. And speaking of that platform, speaking of that gift, that talent, and you using it to voice out the concerns of so many people here in South Africa and abroad, mm -hmm. of course, when you look mm -hmm. at the situation presently, when you look at the high rate of young people on substance abuse, alcoholism, mm -hmm. drop mm -hmm. out of schools, teenage pregnancies, when you mm -hmm. look at uh, violence against women, for example, mm -hmm. and you look at the artists that we have today, do you think they are using that mentality from legends such as yourselves that, you know what, we have the gift to change our society, let us do mm. that. How do you see the artists of today with regards to what I've just mentioned? Well, we do have a few that, um, they are, that are aware, you know, and that are doing their part in terms of telling, telling it like it is, so to speak. Um, but we still, and we still, but then again, we have a younger generation that believes that show business is about glamour um, and all the beautiful things and the lights and stuff, you know. And I also think that we are responsible because we don't educate, you know. Um, we are busy with our own little world, you know, trying to, you know, to, to correct certain things that, you know, we think we need to correct. But I also think that the society in, 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 in total has made the biggest bubble, um, um, especially when it comes to uh, the, the abuse of children, abuse of women by men. Um, you see, when we came into power, um, we forgot that all of us as a nation, we are wounded. You know, mentally wounded, spiritually wounded. And we did not address that. 
we were ready to to run the country uh, with our wounds, you know, and we forgot that they are festering uh, because we do not sit down, men and women together, and say, how were you affected by apartheid? What happened to you? We needed to have psychologists and psychiatrists to tell our story so that we understand what we have gone through. But instead, we said, oh, yeah, now it's time for us to rule and run around. And so what we are experiencing now is the pain that our men went through. It's the pain that our children are going through. Because the men are not there. You know, and, and what we do, we criticize instead of saying, come, let's sit down and talk as men and women and see where we went wrong, who put this pain in us. You know, and, and so that's my take in this. And until we do that, we are going to go through these changes because it's really, you know, uh, um, the, our pain. We're not, we're not forces, if you understand what I'm coming from. We are not forces where you can just turn us on and turn us off. We have serious wounds that we need to heal. And the only way we can heal them is to talk to one another. We need to have those conferences, those summits and all of where we can talk to our men and say, what happened to you? You know, tell me because you, you hit me, you know, you hurt me without telling me what kind of pain you're going through. And I can tell him the pain that I'm going through too. And our children can, are scared of us because the minute they come to us, we say, hey, come on, you know, I have my own problem. So what do they do? They go and say, whatever it is, that, that can make them happy. So we need to go back to the drawing board and say, hey, brother, what happened? Talk to me. Tell and, me what happened. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know about you, but listening to what you've just said, that people are in pain. There's a lot of yeah. pain, and they mm -hmm. haven't had the platform to express themselves and to let it out verbally, as in speak out as to what's hurting them. Because when you look around, all the videos that circulate on the different social networks, the newspapers today, for example, is just racial divides, racial remarks. You see mm -hmm. grown-ups fighting in places where we're supposed to be respecting, you know, these are our leaders. And you see them fighting, not just verbal fighting, but physical fighting. And you can actually see that there's a lot of hate um, exactly. that is coming out all of a sudden. All of a sudden, people mm -hmm. are just venting out um, all this mm -hmm. hurt in ways mm -hmm. that could be done in a different way if exactly. such platforms were created. Yes. I mean, I'm not, I'm not even only talking about black kids. I'm talking about white kids. You know, uh, white adults, you know, they have been going through changes themselves. And this now, this change also, and they've been lied to about the land. They've been lied to about, you know, like this is always in their space. And all of a sudden, we come in, you know, there's pain in that. There's pain in everybody. So we need to discuss, and we're not discussing, you know. And things are happening around us, and we just look at them, oh, oh okay. Okay, uh, it's gonna be okay. Just you know, let's let's find these little houses where we put these women 
let them sit there and, and, and be protected. Protected from what? The man that you left behind, he's in pain too. So we need to make sure that we talk. Let's talk. You know, and clean up house. We need to do that. That's true. That is so true. And that's why we are very grateful to legends such as yourselves who speak to us in the form of music, in the form of art. You are able to remind us of these things. And we're looking forward to this new album at, towards the end of this year, of course. We're looking forward to that. And we want to learn more from people such as yourselves and your husband. And, uh, you know, enlighten us and help us come out of this pain. Help us really go through the transformation process that the country says we are going through presently. Yes, yes. No, we we, we know all we need is to just do the right thing. Just do the right thing. And I'm telling you, we have a happy country, happy people. You know, and, and we need that happiness. Of we course, need. of course, yeah. of course. And speaking of that happiness, leaving all the negative aside, we are coming towards mm. the end of Women's Month. What are the happy things that you want to say to our women here in South Africa? What are the things that would put a smile on the woman, especially that one who has gone through the worst, who mm. has been left behind or who's been abused mm. or who feels mm. that she's not considered enough in the workplace, who feels that gender inequality mm. is so strong wherever she finds herself in? Mm. What are the happy words that you have to say to us? Uh, I, I, I just want to say that uh, as women, we, yes, we were given a month to celebrate, but I do believe and always will believe that 365 days, that's what we deserve as women. And I would like to say to the women, remember this, when you were born, you were born free. There is no man in the world that is going to set you free. You take that initiative because God brought you here as a free spirit. So we keep on going back and forth and asking, do not ask, because your freedom was given to you and you only. That's what we need to do. Get on with the job of making sure and, and, you know, I'm not talking petition. We must demand because it's your right and it's my right. I love that. I love that. Stand up. It's like yeah. somebody once said to me, the only thing that stops you from achieving your goals is your mindset. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have let our men run rings around us. We shouldn't. You're God's child. And God didn't give him that permission to do that to you. You just let him run away with that. And you, and only you can stop it. Menletam Bulu, thank you so much for talking to us right here on Radio Veritas. It always, it's always a pleasure to talk to somebody like you and learn more about who we are and where we ought to be as women and as young people of South Africa. Muito obrigada. Thank you very much.
And my thanks goes there to Me Letambulu for those inspiring words right here on Catholic View. Remember that on the 24th of September, on her birthday, the Arts Alive Festival will pay a tribute to the legend. And this will take place, of course, in Orlando, Soweto. I want to leave my footprints on the sands of time. Know there was something bad and something bad I left behind. When I leave this world, I'll leave no regrets. Leave something to remember so they won't forget I was here. With that said, thank you so much for joining me this evening. This has been your Thursday's edition of Catholic View, a program produced and presented by Sheila Pish for Radio Veritas. Until tomorrow at the same time. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you and ciao, ciao.